I am back after a bit of a summer hiatus where I took some time out to relax, to sit back and unwind and of course drink lots of coffee from places like Wexford Coffee Roasters, Sumo and of course West Cork Coffee. We're now back with season two. This season we're going to continue our coffee conversations with coffee roasters, with cafe owners and other coffee professionals from around the country. To start things off today, we have Andrew Willis from Caro Coffee Roasters based in Sligo. Caro are a coffee roastery that we've known for some time. We first met Andrew about two years ago or just over two years ago at the roastery, the beautiful roastery in Beltra in Sligo. So here we go, season two, episode one of Coffee Chats Coffee with Andrew Willis from Carroll Coffee Roasters. Enjoy! Andrew, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on Coffee Chats Coffee today. How's things? Things are good, uh, James. Yeah, thanks very much for, for having me on your show. No problem at all. I suppose it's a, it's a nice way for, for me to kind of kick off our second season of, of Coffee Chats Coffee. It's been two years since we first featured Caro Coffee uh, on Being Delivered. So it's nice to kind of fo- come, come kind of full circle again, I suppose, and, and, and get back to having Caro um, on the subscription. For people who may not be aware of Caro Coffee or yourself, um, do you mind kind of giving a brief who you are uh, and how you got into coffee? Absolutely, yeah. So um, my name is Andrew, um, and together with my wife Paula, we set up Carol Coffee Roasters uh, four years ago. Um, prior to that, we were living in Colombia um, for a number of years, uh, where I was working as a journalist, and we both visited a lot of coffee farms out there and met some coffee farmers and tasted some delicious coffees and. We always wanted to come back to Ireland um, and so, you know, we we brought some of the knowledge um, and experience that we'd gained in Colombia um, back with us um, and started roasting for the, the public um, when we returned to, to Ireland, um, but keeping, you know, uh, contact with many of the farmers that we met out there and, and using some of the, the roasting experience that I'd, I'd kind of uh, gleaned while roasting and I have to admit burning quite a bit of coffee in our apartment in Bogota. Um, so that's, that's basically, you know, that, that's where our passion for coffee, that's where our love of coffee was born um, up in the, the Andes mountain range. Um, and we just try and, you know, keep that enthusiasm and um, use it day to day in our, in our roasting here in, in Sligo. And you're, you're still in the same, the same spot, right? You're still in Beltra outside of, I was going to say outside of Sligo Town, but it's out past Ballast there, isn't it? That way you're still in the same beautiful... We're, we're still in, yeah, we're still in the same location. Um, uh, I guess, you know, as, as some businesses expand, they have to move into bigger premises. Um, uh, because we're kind of operating on our, our family farm, uh, so we're, we're farmers as well as, as coffee roasters, um we have grown a, a bit not not a huge amount but we've grown a bit um since we last spoke uh but there is space where we are to to expand so that's kind of nice we don't have to go and um you know rent uh a new premises somewhere else um so yeah we're still we're still looking at not gray uh still beside the atlantic ocean still pretty much doing the same thing as where we last spoke a couple of years ago 
Beautiful. It, it's, it's, I mean, I've been to coffee roasteries now pretty much all over the country and it's Caro still stands, stands out as, as being the most, definitely the most scenic. It's just for anybody that hasn't kind of had it, seen it, definitely recommend having a look on Caro's Instagram page and, and, and we'll share some photos as well, but it's just in such a stunning location. Sligo is somewhere that's quite close to, close to my heart and somewhere I've unfortunately only been to twice, I think in the last year and a half. Um, but it's it's just that view in Ochnaray and being able to see the water and stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country. Go on. Yeah, no, we're we're very lucky. Um, and uh, I guess the, the one downside is it can be a bit of a distraction. You know, as a sheep wanders past the window and you're trying to focus on you know dialing in the grinder or something. Um, but no, it's it's very nice. So so going back, kind of four years or so when you were starting out roasting, what what was the coffee scene like in? in Sligo back then or was there much of a, a coffee scene in Sligo? Yeah so um, I, I think there was a coffee scene four years ago um, definitely there was a coffee scene um, that said uh, I think you know in the four years that we've been operating here um, people in Sligo and you know Ireland in general have become much more knowledgeable about um, specialty coffee um, and are, you know, perhaps more curious to try different tasting coffees, um, you know, very fruity naturals or highly acidic coffees. And that was something that was quite nascent when we arrived here, you know, arrived back here four years ago. I remember doing tasting sessions um, in the places like the, you know, Strand Hill Market, fantastic market out in Strand Hill. Visit it if you haven't already. Um, and um, we gave out little samples to people and, and everyone was very responsive and interested, but you could see that some people were tasting these kind of coffees for the very first time. Uh, whereas I think today there is a greater appreciation that coffee isn't this kind of homogenous generic burnt tasting brand liquid that there's huge variations within the different flavors and tastes that you can get between different coffees so yeah it, it's evolved as you'd expect it to do yeah i think i was in strand hill back in uh april or yeah april or may i think and um i was fortunate enough actually to get a cup of coffee that was from caro in a was it in Voya? Have you got, is your coffee in Voya seaweed bats in the little? It, it is. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. We were staying right next door. So uh, I, I saw that Carol was in there. So I made sure to pop in and pop in and get one while I was up there. Um, in in terms of, you know, the last couple of years for, for Carol, has much changed? You've said you kind of grown, the business has grown a little bit. Is there much else that's kind of, you've seen happen within the industry? Um, I mean, I guess from our perspective, uh, we have a few more customers, um, uh, but but by and large, we're doing the same thing. You know, we set out with a mission to showcase the the different experiences and the distant the different flavor experiences that you can get from this one species Arabica, you know, coffee. So that was our mission. Um, to buy sustainable coffee, to roast it well and, and not too dark so that you, you can taste the differences. Um, and, and then just to sort of 
offer this to people and hopefully encourage them and entice them to try coffees that they might have might not have tried before and that that original mission has essentially stayed the same um, so on one level uh not a huge amount has changed for us i guess the huge caveat to that is the coronavirus um <laughs> so you know the whole world has been turned upside down i think in the last two years and, and ourselves included at least initially uh when it when it first happened you know all, all our all our customers closed you know cafes closed and um, we were sort of scratching our heads thinking oh right well, what do we do now but luckily we had a we had a website which was pretty dormant um but people managed to find that and and buy bags of our coffee to drink in their kitchens so you know we were very thankful to to all the people who supported us by doing that um and you know fast forward to today you know people are returning to the offices but we're we're lucky enough to have people who still visit our our online shop and and get coffee for their kitchen so i guess that's been the biggest change um uh but in many ways you know our kind of our ethos uh has has stayed the same do you think in a way that you know coronavirus and, and people being kind of like lock in, in lockdowns and stuck at stuck at home and having to order more stuff online and not being able to go into cafes do you do you think in a way that's kind of you know pushed especially coffee in ireland has kind of pushed it forward maybe quicker than it would have like if you think back you were saying so your website was kind of dormant kind of you know almost or a year and a half ago but you're now probably seeing more web sales and more web traffic or whether you would have i suppose in the last year than you kind of had done previously do you think that in a strange way that that has helped people kind of you know see what else is there let people explore outside of their comfort zone i suppose by not going to the same cafe all the time and having the same coffee all the time they kind of realize there is more out there and they've shopped around a bit more yeah no it's a good point and i, I think you're dead right and um, people have been forced to become home baristas you know so um in the past they could rely on someone in a cafe to make them a nice cup of coffee uh but for however many once it was that their their favorite cafes were closed they were in the kitchen and suddenly they were having to grapple with the idea of you know v60 and brewing time and weighing out doses of coffee and which gadget to use and all this kind of stuff and i think yeah it's it's forced people to do a little bit of research themselves and as you know like when you do the research yourself it's worth 10 times someone else telling you um so i think yeah I, I i imagine that those same people will now be going into cafes throughout ireland with a greater knowledge and maybe with more questioning mind um and as you say they've maybe they've experiment experimented a little bit more than they would otherwise have done uh they've gone to websites of the different you know ireland's got loads of fantastic roasters and they've gone to all these different online shops and They've seen, you know, uh, filter coffees and descriptions of filter coffees versus descriptions of espresso coffees and natural process versus wash coffees. And there's this been, yeah, greater exposure to, to information. So um, I think it's, yeah, that probably the silver lining to an otherwise pretty negative scenario is we, we know a little bit more about, about specialty coffee. 
you have to have to try and find some light in it, right? You have to gotta gotta try and find <laughs> yeah. something take out of it. And then I suppose talking about about coffee. So in terms of coffees that you're roasting at the moment, or, or perhaps that you're going to be roasting soon, is there any really kind of standout ones for you that you you've kind of tried recently, or or not maybe not even at the moment, maybe like last year and stuff? Any coffees that you've really thought, wow, that was just really really impressive and, and something you hadn't really tried before. Um. Yeah, well, look, there's there's lots of great roasters in Ireland, um, and uh, you know, by and large, they're all doing great work. And I, I drink coffees from different roasters and, and greatly enjoy it. Um, just in terms of our own lineup, uh, we have, uh, in fact, I think the two that you might be offering um, for the your subscription this month, uh, we have the Bomba de Fruta from Honduras. Um, and I just find it, you know, everything is in the name there. Bomba de Fruta means fruit bomb in, um, in Spanish. Um, and I think it's a really impressive example of uh, a, natural, a natural processed coffee. So obviously with the, the natural processing, you, you dry the bean with the skin on um, under the sun. Uh, and you can get these slightly more kind of fermented and wilder tropical fruit flavors. And it doesn't always work, but I think in this case, it really has worked. Um, and there's also a lovely clarity to it as well, which sometimes can be lost in natural coffees. So uh, just in terms of our, our coffees at the moment, that, that's a, a clear standout. Um, and then we also have this beautiful uh, Kenyan coffee, filter coffee, um, and it's just everything that you would expect or, or look for in a Kenyan coffee. Uh, lots of fruit notes, high acidity, um, nice finish. Um, so th yeah, those are two, two standouts for me from our lineup. Uh, that's what I'm drinking in the morning uh, at the moment. I, I really love that Kenyan one as well. And, and one of the things that, that caught my eye was the, the warning that comes on the back of the back of the bag that that warned that it's extremely juicy uh i thought that was quite clever that i kind of it just i hadn't seen like a, a, not not that it's a, a bad warning but no yeah people, this is extremely juicy and packed full of delicious fruit notes and it's like reading that i was like yeah it's got me that's what i want to try that's what i want to be drinking it's just such a, <laughs> a nice thing to see on the bag um in terms of kind of what you see what you're seeing within coffee and kind of you know where things are going is there any is there anything that you kind of see happen like any coffees that you see coming down the line um, or any kind of changes in coffee kind of within the next kind of few months do you think are going to be interesting yeah well i mean i think if you ask that question to most coffee roasters today they're going to give you pretty much the same answer and unfortunately that it the answer is um price increases uh, i mean it's been all over RTE and the Irish Times and New York Times and all the big newspapers um, basically just saying that particularly Brazil, uh, but also in other countries, uh, the, the prices of the latest harvests are up by, you know, 30, 30 percent um, in some cases. So it's it's really, I think, maybe even more for, for some coffees. So it's that's that's something that. Uh, that I think roasters are dealing with right now as they try to buy the, the new Brazilian harvest. Um, and obviously th there's logical explanations for this, but there was a very bad, a uh, couple of bad frosts in Brazil. 
um, and uh, bad droughts. Um, so yeah, most of this is climate induced um, problems, uh, which greatly affected the harvest um, uh, and, and you know probably next year's harvest as well. So um, that's something that we're all we're all grappling with. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, I guess it's just a sort of, from what I can see, at least it's a sort of con continual improvement um, in the standard of coffee that's been served in, in cafes throughout Ireland. So it's, it's a great time, I think, for coffee drinkers because things, uh, you know, the flavor of your cup of coffee and the taste of your cup of coffee are, are getting better. Yeah, I think you really hit the, the nail on the head there. We are seeing those increases those kind of cost increases and that doesn't even take into account the transport cost increases that have come in over the last year and a half which have been just been crazy and i know it's been really difficult for people to deal with do, do you think or with the likes with say brazil you know having issues with frost and with other things and the, the kind of climate issues they're having i wonder does that leave opportunities there for other countries that that may not be as big in coffee at the moment and i'm thinking maybe some of the kind of you know southeast asian countries that would have quite a big coffee um production but maybe not as big obviously as the likes of brazil i wonder is there more of an opportunity there for for some smaller countries that might have smaller coffee yields to maybe look at growing now that if there is kind of more expensive costs involved with the likes of brazil um possibly um you know brazil is kind of relatively unique in a way um it, it's a massive producer of both arabica and robusta uh the number two global producer is vietnam as you know uh, but they produce mainly robusta um which tends to grow at lower altitudes uh, it's called robusta because it's robust uh against you know um pests um uh, but it is less it's less um good tasting at least to my palate um, so, you know, if you were to ask me, is Vietnam going to surpass or, or take over some of the Arabica space that, uh, Brazil had previously occupied, um, I, I, I probably say no, because they, they seem to have focused so much on, on Robusta. So this is the other species of coffee that we, we, we consume. Um, now I, I know that there are some specialty growers in Vietnam that do grow Arabica coffee and, and maybe we'll see more of them, you know, increasing their production, but um, I, I'm not a coffee trader, so I'm only giving you, you know, my, my personal kind of vision on this, but I, I, I don't see anyone really taking the mantle away from um, Brazil anytime soon. Uh, but yes, I mean, logically, if, demand is high and Brazil can't meet that demand uh, with its Arabica production, then, then other countries have to step in. Uh, Colombia is, I think, the number two Arabica producer. Um, but I mean, to look at it from a more broader perspective, you know, d demand is outstripping supply, um, or at least it's, you know, it's moving in that direction. So really, Really, it's a climate change story, you know, because if coffee has to grow in the tropics between Cancer and Capricorn, uh, and a lot of that part of the world is really susceptible to droughts and floods, then 
I can only see these, you know, climatic-induced shortages becoming worse. And then if you look at the consumer countries like Ireland, demand is going up. So, you know, basic economics will say that your cup of coffee is going to become more expensive. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to just, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, places like Colombia haven't been without their own um, kind of problems over the last few months or last year as well. They kind of, you know, there's civil unrest and stuff in the country and it's been quite difficult, I think, for for some. I was chatting to to Roger, who I think you, you might know as well, about kind of what was going on over there. So it's it's been definitely definitely difficult for, for a lot of countries over the last the last kind of year and a half. Um, if, you, if you weren't working in coffee, um, what what do you think you would be doing? Would you still be do you think you'd still be a, a journalist living in in Colombia, or would you have kind of branched off into something else? Uh, I'd probably be farming here in Sligo. Uh, that that is that's the other thing that we do here. So we're we're growing vegetables for um, a number of local cafes and for ourselves. So uh, if we weren't roasting coffee, we'd probably just be focusing on that. Um, and you know, there's a, there's an endless amount of work in in farming so uh we wouldn't be short of something to do but uh I, I might be drinking less less good coffee and and what is it about working in coffee or with coffee that that you really love um i think at least in, in one way is for me it's, it's an opportunity to travel without necessarily traveling so uh, you know, I, I had the, the privilege of visiting a lot of farms in Colombia and Brazil and Central America in the past. Um, and today I, you know, I don't have as much time as I'd like to do that. But when you pick up the phone to a, to a farmer or an importer and you buy coffees from a particular part of the world, it's, it's just a nice way to kind of mentally travel back to those hillsides um, and you know, remind myself of the faces uh, of the people who are growing this fantastic uh, seed, which we call a bean. Um, and so, I, yeah, it's, I think that's one of the things I really like about it. And then obviously from like a kind of a, a chemistry perspective or a production perspective, it's nice to receive green beans in the roastery and design a roast plan so that, you, you know, you think you're bringing out the maximum potential of the of that coffee that's that's a nice thing to do as well um and then when you get positive customer feedback people saying you know how much they enjoy the coffee then that's great so yeah there's lot there's lots of lots of things um that i like about being a roaster that's lovely well andrew i think we'll we'll leave it there for today thanks very much for for joining us for people who might be looking for caro coffee or any more um, information where's the kind of best place for people to uh, reach out or to find you guys and um, i guess probably our website uh, caro.ie c-a-r-o-w.ie fantastic all right andrew thanks very much for joining us and we'll speak again soon that was a fantastic chat with andrew we hope you enjoyed it don't forget you can go back and check out all the episodes of Coffee Chats Coffee. You can check out our first season from earlier in this year. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen, I would highly recommend going back and listening to some of the great speakers and some of the great guests that we had during season season one. People like Stephen Houston, Megan Byrne, 
um, and James McCormick from Dublin Barista School. As always, you can check us out on Instagram over at Being Delivered. If there's guests or people you'd like to hear from on the podcast, feel free to reach out and let us know. But until next time, this has been Coffee Chats Coffee and I've been your host, James Coffee.